friend, Pastor Joseph Collini, and he's with Strongsville Christian Church, and that's in Strongsville, Ohio. Surrounded by saints. Amen. Welcome, everybody, to Strongsville Christian Church. Today's message is surrounded by saints, filled with fire. Amen. And so this is the message that God gave me is to tell the church to make sure that you are surrounded by saints, filled with fire. Amen. You might not have a whole church full of friends. You might not have thousands of friends. And, and, and some people, they just would rather be all alone by themselves. That is not good. Amen. Now, the Bible says it's not good that man should be alone. Amen. Now, I know it's talking about in proper context. It's talking about marriage, but it's true in general. Man, it's not good for man or woman to be alone. We are called to have companionship. Amen. And if you could just have one good saint on your side, how I many you know you can conquer all the works of the enemy the scripture teaches us? Amen. Just one saint. Fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. And just the two of you, when you come together, amen, strongholds are destroyed in the name of Jesus. And I thank God that I have a lot of uh, saints, amen. I have a lot of saints that I'm surrounded by. In fact, if I were to have a, a, a craving for marijuana, or if I had a craving for cocaine or crack cocaine, I wouldn't even know who to go to. Amen. I wouldn't know. I, I would be in trouble. I, I, where would I go to get my fix? Because the people that I'm surrounded with, they don't have that type of habit. Amen. But if I needed to get a prayer through, I know that I'm surrounded by people who will pray for me. Amen. And if I need some wise counseling, I'm surrounded by saints who are able to give me wise counseling. Folks, this doesn't happen um, through the sovereignty of God. In other words, God just doesn't just force a bunch of people in your life and make you befriend them. No, the Bible says show yourself friendly and you'll have friends. Amen. So we have to make uh, initiative to surround ourselves with Saints, Amen? Satan, and I, I know I tried to correct this, but uh, bear with me. Satan assigns minions. Now, I'm not talking about the cute little yellow minions with the glasses. I'm not talking about those minions. I'm talking about um, uh, folks that are under the authority or the rule of the enemy. Amen? Satan assigns minions full of charm and false kindness uh, to keep us tempted. Amen? To keep us tempted. So a lot of times my point is this, is that we could be surrounded by people who are very charming, they're very friendly, they're people that you enjoy hanging around, but if they are not a child of God, then they are doing us a disservice. Amen? Even as Christians, Christians, you could like just about anyone because we have the love of God, and it's just easily uh, given to those around us and even those in the world. But we have to make sure that we don't confide in the worldly people because they will make sure that they keep us tempted. Keep us tempted and keep us bound. Amen? The devil is a master at manipulation. He's not able to tempt you with someone that annoys you. The devil is not capable of tempting you with someone that you can't stand. Someone that, as my dear mother would say, someone that irks me. Anyone ever heard that word irk? I'm not 100% sure what that means, but I know it's not a good thing. The devil will use people that do not irk you, but they charm you. They might even make you feel good. 
They might even flatter you. But spiritually, they are hurting your walk with God. And so as Christians, it is our obligation and commandment from God that we surround ourselves with saints filled with holy fire. Amen? Filled with holy fire. See, I'm surrounded by pastors that really love me. Amen? And these pastors, God uses them to humble me. Raise your hand if you enjoy being corrected. You like to be corrected. Amen? So a lot of folks, um, it's painful when you're corrected. Amen? It's painful when people tell you that you're doing the wrong thing. But how many know it's a necessary quality that we need in the saints? Amen? And there's a way that we can... uh, 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 deliver a correction in meekness, as the Bible tells us, and humility, considering our own self. Amen. At least we be tempted and lifted up with pride. So, folks, I thank God that I have some folks that they irk me. Oh, yeah. Their love irks me. Their correction, it disturbs me. Right? We need some people to disturb us in the word of God, in the love of God. We need the truth in love. Every I'm not saying 24-7 grieved beyond the hope of life, but I'm saying we need every once in a while someone to come on by and irk us here and there. Amen? Because that keeps us humble. And it keeps us in a line with that narrow road. Amen. So if you're being flattered by everyone that's surrounding you, if they're flattering you 24-7, you're either Jesus or you're not surrounded by saints. You're surrounded by ain'ts. Amen. And 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have the righteous with the unrighteous? And what communion have the light with the darkness? Communion is talking about an ongoing relationship. Amen? Now, folks would say, well, we're not supposed to judge. And that is half true and half not true. We're not to condemn, but we are to discern right from wrong. Amen? In fact, we are called, the Bible teaches us, to judge righteously. Amen? Not judge after appearance. Amen? But judge through the word of God. Amen? So we need to know who we are surrounding ourselves with. Because if we can't even discern who we're around, then how can we be surrounded by saints? as the Bible instructs us. And it says, For what communion hath the light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with uh, Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Amen? If we do not make every effort, folks, this is a tweetable tweet. Amen? How many, raise your hand, how many of you guys got Twitter in here? All right. Folks, you guys are embarrassing me now. I only have, I think I'm up to 15 Twitter followers. Come on, don't do your pastor like that, amen. Follow me on Twitter, amen. I know a couple of you do. I know a couple of you do, amen. But the rest of you follow pastor on Twitter, amen. I'm, I'm ashamed of my Twitter account. Every time I log in there, it says 15 followers, amen. There's more than 15 people in here, amen. If you don't have Twitter, do not open up a Twitter account, amen. <laughs> but I'm saying if you already patronize it, then uh, Pastor Joseph Kalini, I think, isn't that right? Is that my, I think that's my handle, Pastor Joseph Kalini. I think it is, amen. And I got some awesome tweets, amen. But this right here is a tweetable tweet for Twitter. It says, if we do not make every effort 
to surround ourselves with Holy Ghost-filled saints, then Satan will make every effort to surround us with demon-filled sinners. Amen. We have to realize that we are in a spiritual war. This applies to the children. This applies to the mothers, the fathers, to the single folks. This applies to everyone. That we, as a Christian, we need to make every effort, every day, an effort, a, 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 a relentless effort to surround ourselves with Holy Ghost-filled saints. I believe that every time we come to church physically, that is a good, solid effort. Amen. Every time we come to the physical house of God, I believe that's an awesome, solid effort to surround yourselves with Holy Ghost-filled saints. Amen. And if we don't do that, Satan will make every effort to surround us with demon-filled sinners, right? Now, that sounds so dark, gothic, gloomy, evil, and wicked, but again, some of the most wicked folks are often the most charming folks, right? Now, I'm going to say this um, to let you know that I'm qualified for the point that I'm going to make, right? I'm going to say this. Because how many of you know that I've done prison ministry for roughly 18, 19 years? Okay, so I'm saying that not to boast, but in the Holy Ghost that I have experienced with surrounded by pedophiles, right? And even if I never had any experience with rapists and pedophiles, I know just from watching the news that what you'll find out is that 95 to 99% of the pedophiles are often the most charming people. They're often charismatic. They, they have a personality about them that de... I don't know what... It, it takes down the guards of people around them. They, they de-guard people around them. Because there's just something about them. They're, they're often charismatic. They're charming. They're likable people. In order for them to operate in the highest level of a spiritual wickedness, they have to come across as an honest, a nice, charming, likable person so that they can work their way into the houses, into the churches, into the families so that they can abuse their victims. It is a spirit. Right, And so that spirit, it's not personal. So we as Christians, I don't preach and teach that we are to hate the child molester. It is the spirit. Amen. Because everyone can be forgiven. I know some folks don't want to go there. Right. But most, and it's also proven that a lot, if not all homosexuals, have been molested and abused when they were children. Amen. And they pass on that spirit from person to person. And most folks that become predators have also become victims when they were children. It was a behavior that was unusual, unnatural. And it was taught and passed. And the opening of the spirit realm, it gave a gateway for those demons to come in. And demons are looking for bodies to embed. Whereas in us as carnal, worldly people, we get caught up in the person not realizing that there are spirits that transfer from person to person. Amen. But I'm only saying that to say this, that as Christians, that we really need to be cautious of the people that we surround ourselves with. Because a lot of times the devil, he comes as an angel of light. Amen. An angel, he's not an angel of light. He comes as an angel of light. He poses as someone who is a spiritual guru or someone who is holy, but in reality, as Jesus said, they're full of dead man's bones. Amen. So this is why it is my prayer that we be vigilant even in the house of God. Amen. That's why in our children's church, 
we do not allow any men, any men in the children's church. Amen. Why? Because it's statistically proven that things don't happen as often or as much when women are over the children. It's often when the men. Amen. So if there's something, we don't give room. We don't give place to the enemy. Amen. Now, these are extreme scenarios that I'm painting, but breaking it down to an everyday thing in our life, there are people that can be surrounding us that are charming, that are charismatic, that make us even feel good about ourselves. And I'm not saying they're all pedophiles and we need to you know, call the authorities on them. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying we need to be discerning in these last days. Amen. Because the devil is looking to plant seeds in our life to take us out of the course of God and to keep us from being surrounded by the saints. Because if we can strategically with effort, endless effort, make sure that we surround ourselves with the saints of God. We grow so strong in the Lord. We encourage one another. Iron sharpens iron. The gifts and the callings of God are for the edification for the body of Christ. And if we surround ourselves with spiritually anointed and gifted people through the word of God, through the power of the Holy Ghost, we'll find ourselves stomping on serpents and stomping on the works of evil we'll find ourselves having trump and victory over all the works of the enemy. And let the church say, amen, and that's me. Amen, say that's me. I know I can see it in your eyes. Second Corinthians 6, 17, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them. Amen. Now, folks, sometimes we have to make some tough decisions in our walk with God. Amen. Sometimes we do. We have to make some tough decisions. Folks, this was the beginning of my walk with God is that I had, in order for me to continue on my relationship with Jesus, in order for me to continue with my walk with God, I, there was, I was surrounded by satanic sinners. No, they didn't have stars of Satan and they didn't have candles and ceremonies. No, they were cool cats. Amen. Listening to cool music. They had swag. Amen. When they walked, they walked like this. I surrounded myself with people who walk cool. When they drove their vehicle, they didn't drive like this. No, I surrounded myself with people who drove like this. Amen? And when I got saved, I had to come out from among them. Not because I was judging them, not because I was better than them, holier than thou, but spiritually, I could not afford to live on the path that I was going down because surely death, destruction, and hell was on that broad road that I was heading down. And God had called me out from among them and stationed me within the body of Christ, within the local assembly, and surrounded me by saints. And I could see that I was getting guided. I was getting counseled. I was getting edified and encouraged in the body of Christ. And folks, I think that we are in a a, a, a huge danger, a urgent danger when we start to take that for granted or feel that we are more stronger than we really are where we no longer need that or where we feel too condemned, too ashamed, too guilty that we cheat ourselves from being surrounded by saints. Someone say, I ain't doing either. It says, wherefore, come out among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Proverbs 13, 20 says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. 
All you mothers in the house, how many of you want your children to be surrounded by a companion of fools? Or do you want them to be surrounded by wise men? Because all of us, we are creatures of habit. And what happens is when we surround ourselves, we start to pick up the characteristics of whoever we surround ourselves. So much that I've seen in the animal kingdom that there was a giraffe that grew up amongst buffalo and it started to act like buffalo. It was a giraffe. But it was abandoned by its family. I think its family got eaten by a lion or something. You got these National Geographic people. They follow these animals around for like 50, 100 years, and they know all their stories and whose brother is who and whose cousin came by, and they know everything about it. But, but this giraffe started hanging out with this other, other animal, and even though it didn't look like them, it didn't smell like them, didn't talk like them, had a different nature, but because it was surrounded by the other animals, it started to pick up its characteristics. Amen? And so as children of God, as we surround ourselves with the saint, even if you ain't, it's a matter of time before you become a saint surrounded by the saints. Amen? Some would say, I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Amen. And in Matthew 18, 20, it says, For when two or three gather together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So in other words, when we're surrounded by saints, we are actually in the midst of Jesus Christ when we gather together in the name of Jesus. And folks, I'm going to tell you, when you are surrounded in the presence of Jesus, your life will change, strongholds will break, addictions will break, temptations will leave you. You'll find out that you'll walk in healing, you'll walk in power, you'll walk in peace, love, joy. Amen? Some would say, I'm a witness. Amen. A saint is someone who chooses to fight by your side. Now, everybody has somebody that will fight by their side. Sometimes... You, you could be surrounded by people who will fight by your side even when you're wrong. Sometimes you'll fight by the side of other people even when they're wrong. There is loyalty in the kingdom of darkness. Right? I've watched that in, throughout the prison system. Right? If you touch him... You touch all of us, right? They, they will fight with someone even when they're wrong. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who will fight by your side to advance the kingdom of God to advance the things of God, to advance your walk with God, to advance the ministry, to advance serving God. These are the saints that we need to be surrounded by. And folks, I've already experienced it, and it is awesome. I've been surrounded by enemies who wanted to destroy me, who wanted to destroy this church. This is why and how I know that God through his power, predestined for us to be here. Because the enemy wanted to destroy this church and tried to. And I saw people that have been with me, that have been loyal with me. I saw them go to bat and stick their neck on the line to fight with me but not just to fight me because I was involved in all types of corruption 
involved in all types of wickedness and they just wanted to blindly fight for me. No, they saw the heavenly vision. They saw the works that God was doing through the ministry. And when they saw that, they jumped on board and they went to bat with me. I've watched it happen. And some of you know I'm talking about the lawsuit. Amen? The lawsuit where they tried to take this church. They went after it. Amen? I'm glad they did because they failed. And it was in that relentless battle of the enemy that I got to see people who were really for me and people who were really against me because I'm going to tell you it can be a disheartening painful experience when you see people who you thought were really with you but through a process of a trial and a battle how quickly they abandon you and leave you for dead and then you see people who you thought that there was nothing within them but then they came to battle and they went on the battle line they fought for you tooth and nail the courage of God the fire of God they came out and stuck their neck by you folks it is not always a a bad thing to enter into a battle when you're a child of God. When you're walking in the will of God, battles will come. All those that live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. And in that persecution, you will start to see who's really with you and who's really against you. And what a glorious thing to see for those to pull out their swords and to fight with you, to push the battle line. Amen. God is looking for some saints that are ready to not allow the devil to set the battle line, but we set the battle line with the power of God in the name of Jesus. Stop fighting the devil on the devil's ground. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty and pulling down strongholds that the enemy can't even take the presence of a child of God. But when they're surrounded by the saints of God, the Bible says one will put a thousand to flight. Do I got any saints in the house that is ready to put a thousand to flight? In Jesus' name. What a glorious thing. I seen the enemy tried to take Elder Glenn and Deacon Frederick and my own wife. That's how foolish the enemy will get. He will try to take the people closest to you and try to use them against you. And the very thing that the enemy tried to use against me, they whooped them so bad almost had them in tears. I'm talking about Elder and Deacon Frederick. They whooped them so bad. The, the one lady actually was ready to cry. Elder, they got nothing. <laughs> they said they did more damage to their lawsuit than, than anything. And you see, that's what the enemy tries to do. He'll try to use your, your closest ones to you, the one that you really love the most, and try to use them to betray you. Isn't that what Judas did to Jesus? The one that I sat with, the one that I dipped bread with. Amen? But folks, guess what? I forgive all those lawyers that tried to strip us and attack the kingdom of God and God's business. All of them, I forgive them all the way from the top to the bottom, to the left, to the right. Even that skinny, scrawny young lawyer who kept messing up, man, I could have did a better job than him. I told my Lord, I said, man, they scraped to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> because who wants to volunteer to sue a church? Where do you have to be in your walk with God to do that? And then unjustly. But I'll tell you, when you see someone who is fighting with you in your battle, I'm telling you, it, there is a 
It, the love that takes place is supernatural. Supernatural. My pastor, when I met my pastor, I was in the most hopeless place of my entire life. And God sent my pastor in my life at the worst time of my life. You see, when you're in a burning house, and the house is burning down. And then the firefighter comes in that burning house, risks his own life, and rescues you and your loved ones. It, there's a love that goes beyond blood. Do you understand that? The Bible says there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And folks, these are the saints that God wants to surround us with. Amen. But we can't just pray and say, Lord, surround me by saints. It won't happen. What will happen, you'll pray, God, surround me by a bunch of saints, and the devil says, okay, and he'll surround you by a bunch of demon-possessed, people that are charming. He'll surround you. And so we have to make that effort on our end. Amen. And I'm telling you, once you do that, I'm talking about your life has to change. Doors will be wide open. Things will change. A saint is someone who chooses to fight by your side. See, Elder and Deacon Glenn, they didn't have to fight for me. That was their perfect opportunity to betray me, right? That was their opportunity to destroy me. I, I was at such a level of vulnerability that they could have been the one unit that destroyed this church. Amen? But they chose to fight. Amen? So I'm praying that every decision that you make is a decision walking into the center of saints and that God will send saints to you, but you'll have an eye to see. Because sometimes saints that come into your life might not look perfect. They might look strange. They might look peculiar. They might look unusual. They might not look what you're used to, but they are a saint of God, and God is bringing out saints from all types of cracks and crevices, all types of backgrounds, all types of history, but he is raising them up for an army to destroy the works of darkness. And this is happening by choice. Someone say, I love it. I love it when I see God's people rising up and his enemies being scattered. And the Bible teaches us in 1 Chronicles 12, 8, it says, Some Gadites, Deacon, can you do me a favor and bring that down a couple notches, the AC? I mean, turn it up, but lower the temperature. I think you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a little warm in here. Some Gadites defected to David at his stronghold in the wilderness, and they were brave warriors, ready for battle, and able to handle the shield and the spear, and their faces were the faces of lions, and they were swift as gazelles in the mountains. Amen. And so here you have a story of an interesting platform that David, he was chosen by Samuel, right, to be the king of Israel. Why? Because the heart of Saul had left God. Saul had disobeyed God. He was rebellious. He lived a wicked lifestyle. He wanted to bypass God and do his own thing. And the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord left Saul, right? And then Samuel heard from God and said, anoint David. 
And Samuel, being an anointed man of God, he was so afraid of Saul that he didn't even want to anoint David because he thought that he was going to get killed in the process. So he made up a story that he was going to sacrifice animals in case Saul found out what Samuel was getting ready to do. So they have this conspiracy that he's going to sacrifice animals so that he can have access to David. And then Samuel tries to anoint all the brothers, but God kept saying, this is not the one. This is not the one. Man judges on the outward appearance, but God judges the heart. And then finally, he said, is there anybody else? And he said, yeah, I have David who is tending sheep. And he said, call for him. And he came, and then the oil came out. He anointed him. And so he was anointed by God, not by man. Because it took a while before man acknowledged his kingship. You see, you could be surrounded by people, even anointed by God, but yet people have not caught up to the calling that God put on your life because all they see is a man after the flesh, but God actually anointed you and appointed you, but God will call you first, and after that calling, man will acknowledge after the fact, and they start to see mighty exploits done by the power of God through your life. Amen? And it said that these Gadites defected to David at his stronghold in the wilderness. In other words, they came to David when David was at a disadvantage, when David was on the run from Saul, when David was in a place of vulnerability. God sent him saints that were tired of being oppressed by the rule of Saul. They were tired of being in debt. They were tired of being distressed. They were tired of a failed lifestyle under the rule of a wicked leader. And so after they got tired enough of that type of lifestyle, they came to the anointed of God. They ran to him, and David said, If you're for me, the Lord will protect you. But if you're against me, the Lord will deal with you as he's done with everyone else. You see, because they came to David because they saw there was an anointing on his life. They saw that he had the favor of God. Amen. And if you look at it, it says that they were brave warriors. They were ready for battle. God's got some saints that want to surround you that are ready to pick a fight with the devil. They're ready to attack demons that have been attacking you, plaguing you. They are ready. They got the face of a lion. They're as swift as a gazelle, and they're ready to destroy the works of the enemy. They're ready to go to war back to back with you. They're ready to fight the works of evil. They're ready ready to fight temptation and addictions. They're ready to fight oppression, depression, oppression, possession. They're ready to fight whatever the devil tries to put on you. They are ready to go to war on your behalf. They'll fast with you. They'll pray with you. They'll talk to you. They'll counsel you. They'll encourage you in the word of God. And I'm telling you right now, God is getting ready to send some people who went under a wicked rulership. There are some people that have left this church. They've tried other places. They've gone to other places, and they saw that it wasn't about God. It wasn't about obeying God. It wasn't about being led by the Spirit. It was about worldly things. It was about everything but the kingdom of heaven. And there are some people who have defected, but they're going to come back because they got tired of the wicked rulership of Saul. They can no longer talk it. Not only are they coming back to this church, God is going to send some people who are tired of being abused by the world. They're going to come back to your life. They're going to see the things that they went out there was not satisfying. The grass was not greener on the other side. God is going to send them back and we have to be mature enough, wise enough, discerning enough to see that they are ready to go to war with us because sometimes the ones who have been whooped properly by the world are often the greatest warriors. The one who've been abused and tired and afflicted and stricted by the 
the world. When they come back, they're not coming back lukewarm. They're coming back on fire with the Holy Ghost. They're ready to be dedicated, loyal. They're ready to serve God, not half-heartedly. They're ready to serve God with their whole heart and spirit. They've already been out to the world. They've already been under the rule of Saul. They know what's out there. They know it's not working for them. They're going to come running back, humble. I can feel the Holy Ghost. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, they're coming back. Believe me, they're coming back. Amen? What's that old saying? If you love the bird, let them go. If they love you back, they'll come back. Someone say it's time for the the people that have been imprisoned by the enemy. They're going to be defected. Amen. They're coming back. Amen. See, they were they they were under the rule of Saul by fear. You see, fear is a manipulation spirit. You see, that's how Saul ruled his kingdom is to oppress the people with fear. That's satanic. But you look at the heart of David. David loved his men. With an exception of one story that we're not going to go there today. Amen? But look what happened when uh, Uzzah touched the Ark of the Covenant. And he died David loved that man so much that he got mad at God. He he was a heart. He had a heart after the Lord. He loved his people. Amen. And the people wanted to follow him because they saw his heart. He, He wanted to treat them kind. Right? The warriors that would stay behind and watch after the goods... Right? The people thought that they shouldn't get any of the rewards. He said, no, they're going to get the same reward as those that go to war. See, that is a leader who has a heart of the people. Amen? And see, I want to be a pastor that the church is not all about me, but it's about us. But more importantly, it's about Jesus. Amen? It's about Jesus. And that's how God surrounded David with saints. Because everything was about God. Amen. And when these warriors came to David, the Bible says that they had a face of a lion. Right? The Bible teaches us that Jesus is the lion of Judah. In Revelation, it talks about Jesus, the one who rode on the white horse. It talks about that he had fire in his eyes. You see, because God will touch the eyes of those that have the Holy Spirit within them. Because the eyes are the soul gate. And God will surround us with people who have the fire of God in their eyes. I remember there was a day when I was in a dark place and God gave me a vision. And he came to me in my dreams. And he filled me with this Holy Spirit and this vision and I had flames of fire in my eyes and I remember the people that I walked around I was mindful that they could not even stand being in the presence of God and I would say would you want me to look away from you you see the anointing that went on Moses was so intense that he had to put a veil over his face because they were afraid of the glory of God folks when you are surrounded by saints you will have an anointing you will have have a glow on your face you will have a spiritual high and people of the world they will sense it they will try to steal your joy they will try to steal your peace they will try to challenge you and attack you because they are threatened by your walk with God folks I know that people who attend this church I know what happens within their families not because they told me but because I'm discerning the enemy will surround them the enemy will attack them they will ridicule them for coming to a house of God where the truth and love is being preached where the word of God is being exalted where Jesus is being lifted up the enemy doesn't like that he's not happy with that he will send people to put doubt in you to cause betrayal in you 
to cause you to second guess yourself. But the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. It's time for us to be surrounded with saints that are baptized, anointed, Holy Ghost filled and fired with the power of God. Someone say, I got fire in my eyes. I said, I got fire in my eyes. Yeah, I see it. No, you don't got the eye of the tiger. You got the eye of the lion. Amen. Because lions eat tigers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You see, what happens with the face of a lion? There is a look. How many have been to the zoo and you came up close to a lion? Right? You look face to face with that lion. You could tell that you could talk about that lion like a dog. It doesn't care. Amen. It has no fear at none. The only thing that he sees is a meal. Amen. With a yellow shirt on and a green suit with a bald head where it don't have to spit out the hair. Right? That's what it sees when it looks. Folks, God wants to surround you with saints that have a look of a lion on their face, that are not intimidated by darkness, that are not intimidated by any type of witchcraft. No. I, I, I remember there was a time I was walking on Memphis Avenue in Old Brooklyn, and I remember I went up to uh, pass a psychic fortune teller's house, and I remember that psychic came down her stairs, and I was praying in the Holy Ghost. I didn't know she was coming down. I was just walking with the Lord. Me, I was maybe about 25 years old. I was praying in the Holy Spirit, and I remember walking by, and I remember this fortune teller coming out of her house. And I turned around, and I was praying in tongues, and I looked at her, and I'm telling you, she took one look at me. She took one look at me, and the fear of God entered in her. And you could actually see her physical face, just fear gripping her. She ran up the stairs, ran in the fortune teller's house, shut the door, and I started praising God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. God surrounded David with mighty men. They, they were so anointed and so powerful. The Bible says that there were three mighty men that surrounded David. That one of them destroyed a lion in a pit in the snow. Another one of those warriors destroyed 800 men with a spear. Amen? God's got some lion-faced saints that are, I'm telling you, someone say, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yes, you are. Amen? Declare it. You are one of them. Sister Lily, you are a lion-faced saint with the fire of God in your eyes. The devil don't want to touch you. He don't want to come near you. You are a child of God. Amen? The devil will come crying, screaming when Sister Lily comes walking by because she's got Jesus. Amen? She got the Holy Ghost fire. Amen. Every single one, from the children to the mothers to the fathers. Amen. This is a church. We're going to change the name to Lion Face Saints in the name of Jesus. Deacon, Elder, go out there and change the name of that sign. Put Lion Face Saints. Amen. In Jesus' name. Someone say, rawr. <laughs> First Chronicles eleven twelve. It says, next in command was Ezar, the son of Dodad. I, I'm butchering these names today. The Ohite, one of the three mighty men. He was with David at Pastemon. And when the Philistines gathered there for the battle, at the place filled full of barley, the troops fled from the Philistines. You see that? So David was at war with the Philistines and all of Israel. All the people that were supposed to be fighting with them, what happened? They fled. You see, when you go through battles and you see people abandon you, you're like, man, what happened? I thought they were with me. Nope. They were fair-weather saints. When the weather's fair... They're there.
Amen? The moment a drop comes in the cloud, they're farewell. Nice knowing you. Hope it works all out for you. But farewell. Anyone know anyone like that? They love you. They like you when all's peaches, rainbows, and butterflies. But what, let, what, let one cloud get some condensation and release one drop of water, and they run for the hills. Amen? Anyone know like that? Anyone know anyone like that? And look, look at what it says. There was barley. You see, barley is food in a time where food was scarce. God will send you in places where there is an overflow of blessings. But in order for you to operate in that, you have to maintain your ground. You see, it, some people might think it's not a big deal for us to be here right here. Look, God is looking for us to occupy territory. You see, because you think that it's not a big deal that we're here physically. No. See, the devil is looking for space to occupy. He's looking for territorial. He wants to be sending territorial spirits that rule over certain areas. Amen? But how many of you know God sends us and surround us with saints to reoccupy and reclaim territory that the enemy has stolen, to take back what the devil stole, to reoccupy. You see, there are people that have allowed the enemy to occupy in their mind, occupy in their heart long enough, but God is sending out eviction notices right now in the name of Jesus. The devil has to go. He's passed overdue on his rent. He can't stay. He's evicted in Jesus name someone say evict the devil I don't care if he calls me slum lord he's a slum tenant and he's got to go in Jesus name and first chronicles eleven fourteen, but Eleazar and David stationed themselves in the middle of the field and defended it Folks, we are ready. As I told you, we went through one of the greatest battles legally when we came to this church. Some of you don't know it, but do you know the enemy was attacking this church before we even had a service? They were attacking. We didn't even open up the doors, and people were leaving negative comments online. They were attacking us. We had division amongst the church. All these battles and war. See, when you're getting ready to occupy a blessing, when you're getting ready to take new territory, new ground, the enemy is threatened by the potential of what he knows is inevitable as you walk with God, and he's going to send every minion in town to try to attack you, discourage you, detour you, take you off track, but God has got a Lazar with the name of God written in his heart that's willing to go to battle and station himself with you. If you just got two or three gathered together in the name of Jesus, the devil doesn't have a chance in Jesus' name. Someone say, saying you don't got a chance. And they defended it. And they struck down the Philistines. And the Lord brought about a great victory. The world rejoices at a victory of Super Bowl. I'm rejoicing at new ground. It's my prayer that every single one of you, that you grow in your territory. You grow in your space. You grow in your occupation. That you will take new ground. The Bible teaches us that we are the head and not the tail. Amen. We are the lender and not the borrower. Folks, God is repositioning the saints to overcome the enemy, to be stationed on the ground that God has given you. Amen. Folks, when you're about God's kingdom, you're going to see things happen, doors open supernatural take place. Amen? Where Sid Roth said, it's naturally supernatural. Amen? 
Say, that's just natural. That's what happens. The dead are raised. The blind are receiving sight. Giving hope to the poor. The brokenhearted are healed. That's just what happens when you're surrounded by saints. That's the said, natural. by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord. So you see, God doesn't need to swear. You ever hear the, uh, worldly people that say, I swear on my mama. <laughs> I, swear, I swear on my mom. Why? Because their word is not good enough. They don't have a track record that they cannot just swear on their own self. They need to pull their mama into the picture. And some people won't stop there. They'll say, I swear on my dead grandma's grave. Why? Because their mom's not good enough. They have to go farther into their great grandma. And if they're really down and low, they'll say, I swear on my great, great grandma. And then, and then you just see God is so great. He don't need to swear by anyone but himself because it's all about Jesus. In fact, his mother had to give him up and put him in a wicker basket, a papyrus back basket, and sent him down the river and gave him up because he was trying, he was going to get assassinated from the time of his birth. That is a glimpse, a shadow of what was going to happen to Jesus being born in a manger from the time of his birth. The enemy was trying to take him out. The same thing that happened to Moses was a foreshadow of what Jesus was getting ready to do. God raised up Moses in the enemy's camp and put him into the Egyptians to know and learn all the secrets, all the tricks of the Egyptians so that he could use everything back against him. And then God raised up Moses, a man against all odds, a Jew, a Hebrew, someone that they tried to kill from birth. And then he raised up, he murdered someone that was attacking his people. And God raised up Moses to walk to the Red Sea and split the Red Sea and released all those that were in prison for years and years and years. He set the captives free. That's the exact same thing that Jesus did with those that were once bound. They were once lost. They were once addicted. They were once hopeless. They were once tortured. They were once sick. But he come to set the captives free. The Bible says who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's all about Jesus. The same way Moses' face glowed on the mountaintop. Jesus' face was glowing right here and it's going to glow again when he comes back for his church. Someone say If you're watching this and you're deciding, um, should you serve God? Does God have more for me? Even if you might find yourself believing that you're serving God, but you're living a double mind, you're straddling the fence, you're going back and forth, you're not really fully committed. I got to tell you, it's better with God. I I've lived on the side of evil. I know what it's like to be have a heart full of hatred, greed, uh, you know, sinful life. And I got to tell you, it's better with God. You know, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If you get right with God, God has things that you cannot imagine. But I want to ask you, uh, just repeat after me. Father God, Father I'm God, asking you now asking to come into my heart. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins right now. I want to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm believing that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that he paid the price that I could not pay. I plead the blood of Jesus over me, and I'm asking that Jesus Christ would now be my new Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross, rose again three days later because he loved me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you've prayed that prayer and have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is done. Now you have to ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit yes. so he could lead you, guide you, and comfort you yes. in Jesus' name. In Jesus name.
church and the address. We have enough time to get that in. It's Strongsville Christian Church, Pentecostal. It's in 19132 Temple Drive, and that's in Strongsville, Ohio. It's off of a main road. Most people know Pearl Road. Right. And when are your service times? Uh, We have service times Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday at 11 a.m. And if for some reason you're not able to physically come, we do live stream every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. And you could just go to Strongsville Christian Church uh, Facebook and you'll be able to catch that.